right, well, good afternoon, everybody. As always, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, this is Corey Worden. You're listening to the ASSP Healthcare Practice Specialties Health Beat podcast. Uh, you're actually joining us after about a month off, which is the longest we've been off since we started. So it actually feels like quite a while. But in that time, we had the ASSP Safety 2022 and a lot of stuff going on. So honestly, it doesn't feel like much of a break. It just feels like a long time between podcasts. But either way, we're we're glad to be here. And we've got some fantastic guests today. And we're going to be talking about a topic that we all get a lot of questions about, whether it be healthcare practice specialty, public sector practice specialty, vice, wise. I know everybody gets questions about this, which is certifications. So it's one of those things that, you know, anybody that comes into the career field whether it be through college, whether it be through military, whether it be through the the um, you know upward progression at, at an employer, everybody eventually meets that 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 obstacle or that challenge or that hurdle or wh whatever you want to call it. Certifications, and there's a lot of them. There's certifications that are offered through OSHA outreach. There's certifications by exam, and then of course there are all different types of other situations such as classes you can attend and whatnot. So we're going to kind of go into a handful of those, most notably the big marquee names like the CSP and whatnot, but we'll also talk about some others such as the risk management certifications, ARM, CRM, and we'll talk about the environmental such as the REM and we'll just really get into it. We're going to hear from everybody's experiences with the testing process and with the um, with the benefits they've gotten from the certifications and, and all that good stuff. So we'll talk about almost everything except for what's on the test, because honestly, they change that so much. We don't know what's on there anyway, but what the heck we're going to get into it. So um, before we do that, let's do a couple of quick introductions. So if, um, if each of our, our panelists want to give a quick intro, um, how about Dr. Hunter, let's start with you, please. Good afternoon, and it's great to be here. Um, my uh, background has been 25 plus years occupational safety, and my degrees are actually in occupational safety. My undergrad and my MS and my doctorate with safety sciences from IUP. And um, my, uh, my larger credential is certified safety professional, and um, I'm happy to be here today. Awesome, thank you. All right, and uh, Dr. Guillory, how about yourself? Hello, hello everyone, hello, Corey. Uh, that's a tough follow, you know, putting me behind uh, Pam. Uh, let's see, so um, as far as education goes, uh, I didn't really take the traditional method because, you know, at that time, us older, the older generation, there weren't really any safety degrees out there. Uh, there were a select few and they were hard to get to, especially if you live in Louisiana. Uh, so I went the environmental route. So uh, my bachelor's is general studies because at that time I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I wanted safety, but my school, UL, it was USL at the time, but now it's UL Lafayette, University of Louisiana Lafayette. Got the general studies and then that uh, propelled me uh, to the University of Denver where I got my first master's in environmental policy and management. Again, 
safety wasn't an option, but there was a concentration. But that led me to East Carolina, East Carolina University, where I did get my second master's in occupational safety. So it finally got me to where I wanted to be. And then from there, um, I uh, got into Indiana University of Pennsylvania's uh, PhD program. Pam and I were actually in the first cohort, and uh, I finished, I uh, defended my dissertation in May and graduated. So that's what I have education-wise. Certificate, I mean, certification-wise, uh, the ESP, uh, REM for the environmental side of things, and the CRM for risk management. And um, when we get into it, I kind of talk a little more about my, my decision process. I also have uh, other uh, certifications outside of safety, more relevant to my job uh, in a municipality and public sector, um, IPM, uh, a, um, SCP, it's, it's a HR designation for public sector, as well as a certified public manager. Awesome. All right. Definitely. Cool. Appreciate it. All right. And we've got, <clears throat> we got Pete Engelbert. How you doing today? I am fantastic. I don't listen to anything my ex-wife say. I say I'm fantastic. Cool. That was, that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. You want me to go down the, the list of things? Yeah, yeah. If you want to give a quick intro. Ah, well, uh, a little over 30 years in the business. Started with an iron worker erector company and ended up with uh, painting contractors and just about every craft in between. I'm one of those uh, construction sort of safety folks. Um, I have several degrees. I have bachelor's. My first one was criminalistics, what people call CSI. Um, I was carried on the budget of the chief judge's writing bailiff, but I was a law librarian for the county. Um, in pursuing a CIH, even though I was a CSP, CHST, CET, CIT, RPIH, and a bunch of other stuff, uh, they said I didn't have enough science classes. So I just started accumulating degrees, a general studies degree with a concentration in biology, dual major bachelors in uh, geology and mathematics, baccalaureate certificates in safety, as well as uh, um, uh, substance abuse counseling. Uh, one last class to finish off a bachelor's in political science. Um, along the road, I became an ordained minister, got my doctor of divinity. Uh, specifically in Christian studies. Um, what else? I also do windows. Cool. That's awesome. Definitely a, a lot of achievements there. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I had the same situation where um, I, I um, somehow in, in the course of everything, I came up one class short on hard science. And so I, I have to recover that one course before I can take the CIH exam. It's, it's kind of funny how that works out, but um, I totally hear you. All right. Um, Isn't it, I, I, I taught adjunct faculty at IU and at Purdue in the mechanical engineering and technology department. And uh, they still said I didn't have enough science to sit for the CIH, but eventually it happened. That's awesome. Yeah, it, there, there's certainly... 
you know, I'll give them full credit for being rigorous gatekeepers. You know, they watch that, that hard science credits. Um, they watch those hard science credits very, very thoroughly. Um, I had the, the exact same thing. I haven't, I haven't been able to go back and take that, that class yet. Um, so I'm still missing a CIH. All right. That's great though. Um, Shelly Peterson, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Great. Thank you. Want to give a quick intro? Um, hello, everybody. I'm Shelly Peterson. I've been um, in the safety world for not as long as y'all, but I'm trying to get there. Um, I did seven years in the military where we had to do um, pack life, um, life-saving equipment onto the planes, as well as the MBG, well, night vision goggles and things of that nature, anything safety related. And the last five years I've been in the manufacturing world, um, half of it with trucking, and now I'm currently in a folding carton manufacturing plant, which is basically a Pop-Tart box. Um, as far as my education, I have a bachelor's in sports science and fitness management. And whenever I started safety about five years ago, um, I decided that I wanted to go back to school and I saw I got a bachelor's in occupational safety and health. And through that, I was able to gain my um, graduate safety professional. And I also hold within the state of North Carolina, um, the manager in environmental safety and health through the Department of Labor. And yeah, that's me. That's awesome. Uh, what, what branch of the service were you in? I'm the Air Force. Hey, outstanding. I was too. Yeah. Thank you it. for your service, both of you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That's awesome. All right. Awesome. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Tahisha Coleman, how are you doing today? I am well. Hope everyone else is also. So for me, I will say there are a few, I'm from North Carolina as well. So I know a lot about the, some of the schools and things, but I will say I'm from North Carolina. I studied at North Carolina A&T, Aggie Pride. I have my undergrad degree in electronics and computer technology, and then my master's degree in industrial health and safety. But throughout my studies, I've heard of IUP. I'm in awe to be in such great company. So, and there's a lot of experience on the phone. Um, uh, on the call, so I'm excited to be a part of it. Beyond that, I've been in the field for 15 years, uh, primary manufacturing and experience, and then I have my CSP as well as my MESH certification through North Carolina, I mean, National Safety Council, and an extension through North Carolina State University. And I will add something in common. I'm not past military, but I have done most of my career as a military spouse so oh that's, that's, that's like double duty <laughs> absolutely yeah. while being a mom of two so <laughs> yeah i agree i was about to say that's probably harder than than being an actual military member so <laughs> it's with... very challenging it has its perks but challenging <laughs> yep yeah that yeah Thank, thank you for your service. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Well, we're going to go ahead and get into it then. So again, we appreciate everybody being here. Always a fantastic panel and great, great people. All right. So first things first, you know, there's a world of certifications out there. It gets bigger each year. I think there's, you know, combine any combination of the alphabet you're going to find a certification and they all have different purposes they all have different 
um, you know, perceived value in the market. They all have different subject matter expertise attached to them. So the first question I was going to ask is, how did you decide on the certifications that you got? Like, what were the the uh, relationships to your work? Um, what were the the perceived value in terms of employment opportunity? Um, did cost figure into it? Did the exam or lack of exam figure into it? What are your thoughts on that? Um, Dr. Hunter, let's start with you on this one. Thank you. Um, I think for me, I was in the insurance industry um, straight out of school, and I actually started taking um, CPCU courses. Um, it's the same institute that the ARM comes out of, um, but I was interested in understanding the world I was in. And I, it, they're pretty dry, just for the record, but I, I think it's a great designation for those that get it. Um, I decided to get my CSP because I, more than anything, work as a generalist. And I felt that the CSP for me aligned with the work I was doing. And it also, in at least in my area and being a generalist, it was the certification that people were most looking for. So mine was really simple. Cool. Awesome. All right. Um, how about Tahisha? Let's let's go to you on this. What are your thoughts? So for me, I'd say networking, being abreast of, you know, emerging <clears throat> changes, staying up to date with the industry and LinkedIn and seeing what people in the field were doing. And I have to admit, I've had some rock stars around me making sure that, you know, I became that rock star and it motivated me to expand the bandwidth of which I could cover. Beyond that, noticing what others who were, you know, very successful in the field and who were making noise and what they were doing and how I could become equally or, you know, get that to that level. So just from that perspective of the choosing the CSP, I will say the mesh certificate that I had, and there's a little difference in them, right? One hey says, hey, let's get you the the experience you need to to be competitive in your field. The other says, prove what you know. So <laughs> they were a little different, but having those and, and looking around me to see what others were doing was so uh, a part of it as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a, there's definitely a variance in the way that each one goes. Um, so yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I like how you were able to kind of benchmark that with what's going on around you and your, you know, your colleagues and, and peers and mentors and everything. Um, all right, uh, Shelly, how about yourself? What do you think? Um, when I originally um, came in as a safety coordinator back in 2017, the manager that I had, she thought it would be a good idea for me to go get the mess certificate since I was pretty much brand new to safety and didn't know any of the lingo or what y'all talking about at all. <laughs> And so um, I, I went to go get that, but through the course of doing that, um, I decided that I needed to go back to school because um, since I didn't have a formal education, sometimes jobs are not available in order to, if something was to happen or I was to change jobs. And so I went back and got my bachelor's in occupational safety and health. And through the school that I went to, once you completed the coursework, you were able to get the um, graduate safety professional designation. And so that is how I ended up um, with that. Awesome. Yeah, that's always a, always a good journey. That's great. All right. And uh, Dr. Guillory, what do you think? 
So disclaimer, Corey, I know you have the power to edit. <laughs> so if I say something that's out of line, please work your magical spell thing that you do. Um, Corey and I work together, so he, he kind of knows the angle I'm going to take. So I'll, I'll talk about the CSP and the, um, the CRM, why I went those routes. Uh, so fresh out of college, I got hired by the city of Houston in the Houston airport system. And at that time, uh, the city has about 25, 26 departments. You're looking at about 25,000 people. So we are very spread throughout the city of Houston. And although we have a lot of safety people, we don't communicate, we don't talk. At that time, we didn't really work together. Um, <clears throat> I saw that with my degree alone, I wasn't getting the respect that I should have received from my superiors and other um, people in risk management, our safety falls under risk management in the city of Houston. Although others didn't have degrees or whatnot, they hung their hat on experience in the safety world. So um, I took it upon myself and I believe Corey did, did the same route. Go ahead and get your CSP to show them that you're a certified safety professional. Uh, give your give yourself a, a edge, if that makes sense. So. That's why I did the, the CSP and I had someone tell me that you can't pass it at my job. So I had to prove them wrong. Uh, so, so the CSP was more for that. And the other side of it, being a young African-American in safety at that time, and still to this day, degree is not enough. You have to go above and beyond what you have. So CSP was a necessity for me where it may not have been for others. The CRM is a little different, and Pam kind of knows this story. Uh, when we were working on our, our, doc, our, our doctorate degrees, Pam was already an ARM um, and CSP, and I was a CSP, and I was struggling. I don't really want to be risk management because of the taste that I have in my mouth from my, my current position, my job, or how they view risk management. But in order to change the system and to change the way people think, sometimes you got to got a master. So I studied real hard the risk management as a discipline from all areas, whether it's insurance, uh, workers' comp, whatnot, and uh, to the point where I felt confident enough to take the test. Uh, I went to CRM, CRM route versus the ARM route, and it's nothing against anybody at any test. One is multiple choice, and one is you have to write out your answers. You have to really know what you're putting on paper. And in my, with my mindset, I have to do the CRM because I do not want anyone saying you took the easy way out. Not saying the ARM is easier by any means, but that is the type of environment that I am in. So that's why I went CRM. Um, that's pretty much my story. The REM, the environmental uh, designation was more or less, I had a degree in it. Um, and at that time, it was fresh on my mind. So I just took it. Uh, I took it REM a long time ago, but that's the reason why I went CSP. It was to further my career, but also not further my career in safety, but also in the organization I was in and to prove people wrong. And the CRM was to get a better understanding because I now understand that safety is a small part of risk management and everything is going to risk management, with enterprise risk management. So had to understand it, had to master it in order to set myself up for the next uh, level of my career. Corey, edit what you need to edit. 
<laughs> it's all good. We we usually pride ourselves on being uncut. All right, awesome, cool. Um, and uh, Pete, what oh, do you think on, about this? Let, let, let me oh, say sure. one thing, Corey. I got to give you a plug that I got to put on camera. One thing about Corey and I, we, we have a lot in common, a lot we don't have in common. But the one thing is, if you tell us we can't do something, we don't do it. So there you go, Corey. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a true statement. <laughs> it's a, yeah. All right, cool. Um, Pete, what do you think? <clears throat> well, um, I guess kind of the opposite of everybody else. Uh, I had gotten to a point with, uh, uh, at the time, the largest um, abrasive blasting and painting contractor in the nation. And I was the corporate director of safety and the corporate quality manager. And, and in that particular field, there was nowhere else to go. I, I was at it. And whenever we would have uh, uh, events, accidents, injuries, uh, one case in particular was a fatality of a non-compliant diabetic who had the discourtesy of dying while he was in one of our customers' facilities on our payroll. And in dealing with <clears throat> all of their corporate folks, and this was at a VPP site as well, uh, I kept trying to tell them that uh, this had nothing to do with us. And they pulled out the letters after their name and beat me about the head and shoulders with them. And I had uh, just a bachelor's degree and an EMT cert after the end of my name. Uh, and so I wanted to make sure that never happened again. And uh, now they can't do that. I got a bunch of them. I don't know if that's a good rationale or not, but uh, usually, um, you know, the conversation's over when I pull out the business card. And uh, I also now do a fair amount of courtroom work uh, as an expert witness. And then there are no questions about that. We, we jump right to the subject matter that we're dealing with. And I much prefer that rather than... Uh, uh, men circling each other, sniffing each other's behind, trying to figure out who's the bigger dog. Let's just get to the issue and solve the problem. I love it, Pete. I love it. <laughs> yep, that's that's certainly true. There's a lot of there's a lot of that that goes on. So, um, well, I, and it's, I, not I it's not just for men. It's not just for men for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I made the mistake early in my career of thinking that the the construction workers in the field, they were, didn't have higher education. So I'd have to hold their hand through everything. Uh, and that the people in the office who had master's degrees, many of them MBAs, would understand the, val uh, the validity uh, of, of a plan or a, a thought based on its own merits. And I was absolutely wrong. The, the people that work for a living out in the field, whether they even have a GED or not, all you have to do is explain why the rule is the way it is. And, and even if they forget the rule, they'll find a way to do it safely because you explained the why. But the people in the office, you have to hold their hand, you have to coddle them, you have to pay attention to how you say it. Um, 
the letters after your name are great, but never forget we're dealing with people. And sometimes the more educated ones in the office are the ones that need the most help. Yep, yep, that, that, that's, a, that's a true statement. Um, it's interesting, you know, the military is a good example of that as well. You know, there's, there are people that are, you know, higher up on the chain of command, but they haven't actually done the work that they're supposed to be, um, you know, in command of. So it's, it's interesting how that works out, but you, you make a point, definitely. All right. Well, that's true. Um, it sounds like a common thread there, you know, is everybody is, um, you know, definitely in pursuit of um, continual, you know, personal, professional development, continual improvement, and then the ability to take that knowledge to their work and help people, which is just outstanding. Uh, so with that being said, that kind of takes us to the next thing, which is what, what gets from that point where you decide the certification you want to pursue to when you actually sit down and earn it. So that involves a lot. You know, of course, there's a lot of ways to study. There's, you can just freeform it, you know, and try to find books and read them and study, or you can go to a course or you can take an online course. There's a lot of that going on as far as ways to prepare. So I'm interested in what, what, what y'all's path was. Um, Shelly, let's start with you this time. Um, well, since the, um, the GSP came with the bachelor's degree, I just had to complete my coursework. Um, I am looking to get into the CSP, so I will be taking notes of what everyone did so that I can figure out what's going to be the best course for me. As far as the MASH, um, as long as you were in the, in the class for the allotted period of time, you received the certificate. And so, and once you had your allotted amount of hours, you were able to um, get the MASH certification. Cool, cool, awesome. Well, yeah, the um, CSP is an interesting mm -hmm. thing as far as the the prep. So that will that will definitely have some good some good comments on that coming up. Um, Tahisha, how about yourself? Arts. I started with the Bowen class, I believe, which was like an eight week, six eight week class, and I found out very quickly that it would tell me how to study and give me a small portion of what to study, but it wasn't expansive enough, extensive enough. And I was told that the CSP, and I had to go the ASP first, then the CSP route. I took it, you know, some years back. And I was told that it was an inch deep and a mile wide. So I kind of panicked. I'm like, oh, how do I study? But as I mentioned, going through Bowen's class taught me how to study. And my undergrad degree helped with the math side. So I had to do calphys, chemistries, those classes, and I did electronics. So there were a lot of things that I was already aware of. And my refresher for those items on the math side was the Khan Academy. I would go in, do a little search, watch a couple videos, and like, oh, I got it, you know, prompting those memories. And then I would teach myself a course as if I was a professor. I would read material, I would read, uh, you know, different topics, if it was ergonomics, if it was, as uh, see, like the industrial hygiene side of things. So there were some things, but I was real honest with myself about what I did not know. I had to be honest with myself and went with that gut instinct. If I read a topic like the CSP blueprint, I mean, the BCS blueprint for certification, going through there and looking where those were, but some of the books that I went through, 
um, I would look at the table of contents and say, hey, this one's a little little dicey. I don't think I know this uh, as much as I should, or I need to refresh on it. So that was the approach I took. And your good old fashioned notes, highlighting, flashcards, quizzes, and lots of Khan Academy. <laughs> cool, awesome. Yeah, um, I agree about the a lot of the specific stuff. You know, like you said, an inch deep and a mile wide is there. There's a lot that can go into that, and um, I always, I always tell people not to let the the physics and the calculus and and all of that scare anybody mm -hmm. off because it's on there for sure. I mean, you know, make no mistake, it's definitely there, but it's not the whole exam you know um Absolutely. but uh but yeah the, Corey, the more, uh, if, <clears throat> Corey, if i could echo a couple tips on the the yeah, csp please. route yeah I, I i took my chst first because back in the day uh after the asp exam you could take one of five specialty exams to become a csp the general practice exam was only one of them and and there was a construction exam now, by the time I got to it, they had removed that. And now everyone has to take the comprehensive exam and, and they don't have the specialty exams. And and I wanted people to know that I was, you know, from a construction background. So I took the CHST first. And I found um, that when I took the course for ASP uh, from the ASSE, I'm sorry, ASSP now, I have to say that. Uh, that prep course uh, was fantastic. The one that they use uh, professors Wayland and Langwe. They're out of Louisiana. I don't know if they're still doing it, uh, but they were fantastic. And they had to howl somebody with them. And I took the math review class. You know, it was just mentioned a minute ago about math, if you don't have strong math. And that was a fantastic, it was just one day, but it was fantastic. And and during those prep classes that ASSP has, uh, at least the ones with uh, um, Waylon and, and Langwe, uh, when they get to a particular type of question, say a trinomial type question, uh, they will say, okay, everyone with uh, an industrial scientific calculator go in that corner. Everyone with a Texas instrument go in that, and everyone with an HP or anything else go in the third corner. And then they would all go to a corner and they would say, okay, all of you people with Texas instruments, here are the buttons you push and the order in which you push them to do that formula. And then, okay, everybody go back to your seats. And they would do that for every one of those questions. So you had what you needed to get the answer, because this is not a theory class, this is to get you ready for the exam. And uh, often students would, would ask, uh, but why is this like this? You know, what's the theory behind it? And, and their answer was always the same, what do you care? You are here to pass the exam, we're showing you the mechanics of what you need to know to pass the exam. If you want theory, go take a theory class, right? This is, this is a review class to get you ready. And uh, there was a bit of brilliance in that, I, I think. Uh, if, if we want theory, we can go back to school, 
you know, take a master's degree, bone up because the why is very important. But when it's time to go for a certification exam, you need that bare bones. These are the mechanics. These are the buttons you push on the calculator to get your point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the pragmatic, pragmatic reason for it. Definitely. All right, that's awesome. And um, Dr. Hunter, what do you think? I'm going to agree with Pete. And the names he just cited for the prep class, I know some of those. Um, in my case, I waited quite a few years after my bachelor's, and I believe it was after my master's that I um, took my CSP, well, my ASP and then CSP at the time. And it, it's interesting because I met a lot of people along the way that hadn't taken the exam because there was this fear factor. And the prep class takes a lot of that away. And what it did for me, and I took the math prep because there had been some time, and it made, gave me confidence, and I agreed, retaught me the calculator. And in my case, I found that my day-to-day -day work, when I went through the prep class, my day-to-day -day work aligned with a good amount of the material. And one of the things that they told us, and I think it's very true, if you're going to do a prep class, they gave a window to sign up for the exam. And it was true because you're reinforcing all this material. And they also gave you a lot of strategies about taking the class, the, the test. And for people that have never sat for these exams, these are five-hour exams. So you actually do need a strategy. And uh, one of my strategies happened to be to take a break after I went through the whole thing once because I needed that breather. And I think that everybody has to figure out their own way, but from a method standpoint, this was good for me because I had people explaining the mechanisms of the test taking and they went through all the questions they went through. They also would go through the, the four wrong choices. So you got a real, real in-depth rehash of safety in your three-day uh, test taking prep. Yeah, and, and Pam, you said something that really struck a chord with me is that fear factor. Uh, I had been through a lot. Uh, at the time, I'd been 25 years in the practice, and I was still scared to death of the CIH exam because all the CIHs I had met were rather aloof, right? And, and there was this kind of a side joke. CIHs were people that went to medical school and didn't graduate with an MD, but they did get into medical school. That was kind of a joke. And, uh, and then I hear that only one third of them passed their exam their first attempt, right? And so I, I was very uneasy and, and I signed up for a Bowen course, uh, but then I used to travel quite a bit uh, internationally for work before the pandemic. And before I could do the online uh, course, I had to go to India for several weeks, right when the course was beginning. And it's a 10 and a half hour time difference. So teaching eight hours a day and then staying up for two hours uh, in the middle of the night in India uh, and then sleeping for two hours and then lecturing for eight, that wasn't going to work. So I only attended one session. 
and uh, I thought, well, I'll record all of these and watch them all at one time before my test date. And I already had a test date. I was signed up for it for a fall exam, excuse me, a spring exam. And then right when I was ready to sit down and I blocked out time to watch all of the lectures, uh, I had a last minute trip to Brazil where I lectured for a couple of weeks. And, and I called up the board and I said, look, I, I kind of ran out of time. I haven't had a chance to study yet. Uh, can I postpone the exam until the fall? And they said, uh, yeah, you can take it whenever you want, but you'll just have to pay the $500 application fee all over again. Well, I was too cheap to let that go. So I assumed that I would that I would fail the exam and went ahead and took it. So I would have the experience of the exposure to the exam, how it's going through, because by now it, it's the third party computer tests where they strip search you and take your fingerprints and everything else. And uh, I hit the button that said I was done. And then it said, are you really, really done? Yes, okay. And it said, congratulations, preliminary results show that you have passed. And then there was a continue button. And I'm like, no, that can't be right. I hit the continue button and it turned the computer screen off. And I went outside and the guy said, how did you do? And I said, I have no idea. I'm supposed to fail this exam. And he pulled it up and printed out a sheet and he said, no, you passed it. And and I I spoke with, uh, Mr. Bowen, and and I explained the situation, and I said, I really don't understand. Uh, and he said, well, you've been practicing for 25 years. You probably knew uh, what you needed to know for the exam. And, and I asked if, since I didn't have time to go through the class, if I could have a refund, he said no. But that's okay. It was a nice day. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's about discipline as well as your experiences. And I think we shortchange ourselves on what we're what we're comfortable with because we're so hard on ourselves, right? <laughs> I've been oh, in the yeah. Home. There's a lot of studying along the way when you have issues come up and questions. Absolutely. And maybe your employer picks up an OSHA citation and then you have to be the one that represents the company to fight it. So there's lots of study along the way. But uh, ever since I've told people, if you're even halfway prepared, do it. There's a very good chance you're going to pass. And if not, you will be as armed as anyone could be when you go back to take it the next time. But those review classes and, and getting over that fear hump and just doing it, that's the way to get a bunch of letters added to your name. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, um, it's kind of like those motivational posters that I used to see all the time when I was young, where it says, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, you know, it's like at some point, you just have to go sit down and take the test. And, you know, like I was telling one of our colleagues, I said, you know, the worst that's going to happen is you fail it. But then like you just said, you know, then you have the experience and you commit another, you know, unfortunately, you commit another couple hundred dollars to go take it and pass it, you know, so it's like, the world, the world doesn't end, um, and it's not like you get one shot and that's it. <clears throat> um, but that's good, great comments. Um, uh, Dr. Gillery, what do you think? I'm sorry, I'm on mute. So the one thing I tell people, Corey, and you may have heard me tell this to people at work, the hardest part of the CSP exam is taking it. You know, you could have said that with any exam. That's the hardest part is, is registering and going to take it. Uh, so 
I'm blessed because I didn't have to take any of the prep classes. Um, the schools that I went to prepared me. Uh, University of Denver and their environmental policy program really prepared me for the REM. And if I had to list the uh, exams by difficulty, that REM and the CIC, the insurance counselors uh, exams are probably the two toughest I've taken. But that school prepared me for that. East Carolina prepared me for the ASP. Um, although I didn't take it when I graduated, it really prepared me for it. I didn't have that confidence that uh, we, we've been talking about. But when I got into IUP and started to meet people like uh, Dr. Hunter and Dr. Straub, he was my roommate and a huge role model. Uh, he took the CSP, uh, Pete, I'm not sure if, if, it, if this is the case with you, but he always would tell us he took it when it was low computers, he had to write the answers down or, or something. I don't know yep. if that's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. I thought he was pulling my leg. Uh, no, so, no. <laughs> so, um, so IUP kind of um, gave me that additional knowledge that I needed for the CSP. So East Carolina was great for the ASP. E IUP kind of put that situational tool in to where I was ready for the CSP, but I still wasn't confident. And Pam would be the first to tell you, she would always say, Steve, just go ahead and take the test. You, you're going to pass it. You're going to pass it. 90% uh, of our cohort had CSPs. I was one of the outliers that didn't have it, but everyone in that class, even those that I had differences with, would say, man, just go take the test. You're going to pass it. And I passed it. And that's a testament because I hate math. I am not an analytical person at all. Uh, I didn't study for the exams. I just went in cold turkey and said, hey, let's see how it falls. And what if I fail, I'll know what to work on. That was my mindset going in. And I passed it. So that's not the, uh, and it may, it may not be the smartest route for people, but I was just blessed to be in three programs that really, uh, in addition to, to uh, giving you knowledge in occupational health and safety and environmental behind the scenes, they were pretty much teaching you what was going to be on those exams and preparing you for it. So that's, that's my story. It's the, the, the schools that I went to prepared me uh, for it and that camaraderie um, with my cohort and IUP gave me that confidence to go ahead and take the test. Now I can't stop taking tests. <laughs> so <laughs> someone needs to tell me to stop. <laughs> it's costly. <laughs> you know, I'd like to add something to um, to both all the comments. Certification is an enhancement of our knowledge. And sometimes you have people that feel like it's a testament of, hey, um, it proves I have the knowledge, right? But I think when you start your studying process, those who get it, there's some people that have it and you're like, oh, what did you just take the test? Because their experience and the, their, their way forward with managing safety is can be a little dicey, right? But I think when you actually have a heart for it, you enjoy what you do, you put forth the effort, you're, you're expanding that bandwidth of what you can cover, that CSP means a lot more because you put the work in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the, yeah, what they say, the, the destination is not the journey. Absolutely. Or, excuse me, the, the destination is not the reward, it's the journey. That's exactly right. Yeah, those are great points. And I can also echo that is that when I I took the the ARM 
series. It's I, I'm trying to remember. It's three exams, I think. Um, yeah, three exams, and that was one of those I took because I wanted to cover the you know something in the risk management area. But I remember being very thankful because in the years after that, there were a lot of situations where we would get into things like captive funds and different, you know, different topics and concepts in that arena. And that the, the studying for those exams, you know, really pushed me into that lane. And so to y'all's point, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely beyond just taking a test to prove that, you know, something it, it, it it does that, but then it also pushes you further, you know, from, from where you were. So that, that's a great point, <clears throat> but that kind of takes us into the next thing. So we've talked about the different exams or at least some of them. And we talked about the, some of the differences between the different subject areas and the different forums, so to speak. And now we talked about how everybody kind of prepared for that journey kind of, you know, packed up your rock and started walking up that hill. And so that kind of brings us to the next thing, which is kind of like the back half of the of the journey or the the other side of the equation. So once you have those certifications, how do you feel like those have helped your career? Like, do you feel like it's benefited you by giving you um, advanced knowledge? Do you feel like it's helped you with employment opportunity? Do you feel like it's helped you with... Um, networking and then furthermore um follow-on question so to speak do you feel like you've been able to um to stay connected with the people in those groups like whether it be um bcsp or ihmm or inrep um any of the certifying organizations have you been connected with them since then or did you take the exam and and then just kind of go about your separate ways what are your thoughts on that um uh dr hunter we'll start with you this time Thank you. Um, it, in my case, um, I feel like one of the biggest benefits was um, from a career wise, uh, just when you're working with other agencies or other people in that are uh, safety professionals, or even when we're working with OSHA, I, I feel like you have the respect of your peers. I'm not sure how else, else to say it, which I think is a huge benefit. Um, I also think that many employers are looking for people to have those credentials. From their perspective, it, it does signify that you have enough knowledge to be able to attain that designation. And um, I do feel like I should now reach back out to BCSP because I really haven't. Um, but I do think in my case, I was also pursuing um, other things at the time. And then, of course, my my doctoral work. So I, I think at this point, I will circle back with BCSP. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, and you, you definitely haven't had a shortage of, of things going on since then. Um, so I totally, totally hear you. Um, and Tahisha, what are your thoughts? My apologies. I'm trying to unlock my phone and it's like, no. <laughs> Okay, so 
<laughs> so for me, I, I would definitely say the benefits to it of remaining competitive and a standout. So when you get a resume, I've interviewed candidates, right? When you get a resume across your desk and it's stamped with the CSP, it definitely means something. It's the gold standard of safety professionals in my mind and across the, you know, the industry. Um, beyond that, I'd say, oh my, the BSC, uh, BSCP, I've, BCSP, my brain is my board certified. Yeah. Okay. So going back to them, I've participated in some of their activities. I presented on the Global Learning Summit, uh, and then I was interviewed for one of their presentations for women in safety and just being a part of that organization, but also highlighting and sharing my experience through be being a member. Beyond that, something Dr. Gullery said, as an African-American woman who doesn't look her age and people question my, um, my knowledge very, very frequently, it definitely set the stage. I'm a military spouse. I've moved around quite a bit. And when I show up on the scene, it definitely, my resume makes noise going across desk. I've had great experience. I've worked for Intel, Siemens, Chicago Tribune, NASA, uh, United Technologies. So my resume is decorated. However, I know I've put in the work. And oftentimes my name and my credentials uh, beyond seeing the CSP and my master's, my experience wasn't enough. And I knew that those things helped my Help me stand out and my resume stand out when it landed on others' desk. That's a great point, and that's valid. You know, um, when when that first stack of applicants comes in, you know, I know I, having talked to people in HR, you know, they, and I'm sure other hiring managers as well, they split it into the E pile and the B pile immediately. So, to your point, you know, those certifications probably do have a lot to do with going in that A pile. <clears throat> That's great. All right. Um, uh, Shelly, what do you think? Um, as far as right now with the graduate safety professional, um, at this point, I think they just they just see letters behind my name. They don't know what they stand for. So, um, this current job that I have, I ex I explain that to them. But I do um, I do want to take the next step in the CSP to to I think it'll assist me with getting better better jobs. And um, I haven't, I have, this is my first thing that I've done outside of um, getting my degree. And so I look forward to doing more things and seeing what the, what was it, BCSP have to offer as well as um, any of the other organizations. Cool. That's awesome. All right. Cool. And uh, Pete, what do you think? Well, um... I I had a unique situation in that I was in the in the primary industry I was in <clears throat> I was already there there was nowhere to go up but what the certifications have done is when I got out of having a regular day job uh there was a project at Savannah River Department of Energy site and uh it was a nuclear safety related issue and I was asked by my employer to sign some paperwork that had a very likely potential of putting me in a little concrete room for a very long time. And I refused. Uh, and the next round of uh, layoffs, uh, I was let go after 16 years with that company. And I didn't have a plan B. But I had the certifications. 
So I was immediately able to hang out my shingle and start consulting. And if that is the end goal of anyone, or you think it might be the end goal, or you just want to have a plan B ready, that's the way to do it, is to have the certifications already done, not wait a couple years before your planned retirement and say, well, I'll try to get the certification so I can consult. Uh, just get it done when you're younger, when you're when you're still hungry, and uh, you'll be far better off later on. That's a, that's a good point. And I, I do agree, you know, my 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 personal experience i i was working uh, it's almost interesting how it worked out i was i was really going hard trying to get a lot of my certifications done and i was working on my doctorate and i was really pushing the boundaries of how much time i had in each day um and i thought i was doing that because i was i kept telling myself i'm doing this because i want to have it i want to have a lot of the legwork done before my kids are five years old and in a lot of ways that was correct but what i didn't know was that i was about to get like some really super gnarly autoimmune conditions that would really like mess things up so if i hadn't done all that when i was younger it, it may have really impacted my um you know whatever you call it my productivity because i don't know that i would have been able to do it later uh, i had to really adjust things after i got sick um so that's a good point you make you know life has a way of taking turns and we don't know what those are going to be most of the time um so yeah very you wise know, there was a, a, an old showtime series called paper chase uh that they based off the movie paper chase from the 70s i think it was mm -hmm. and there was a uh, mother who had raised her her children uh husband had left her for a younger woman and she finally went to law school and these kids would come and bring her problems because she was the one that had a life's worth of experience. And, and I'll never forget one line she told them was, you can have everything in life you want, you, but you don't get to pick when you get it. True. And, uh, and that's exactly what you just said. And, and having had four young kids at the time, working two jobs and going to school to finish my degree full time, I can't agree more. If if anybody who hasn't started their career yet uh, hears this podcast, dive in head first and get that all out of the way, and then enjoy meeting someone and building a family and a future. I'm not sure I agree with that totally. <laughs> Well, if you're real young, why not? <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I will I, say the, 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 the age is important, well, it right? <laughs> it was you know, great. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm grateful that as a military spouse, and I, I failed to mention, uh, there was a program that paid for Bowen for me to study that was tied to the Special Warfare Command, and and I'm I'm grateful for that because in that instance I had to write in you know a, a uh, oh, um, an essay explaining why I felt like I deserved the scholarship. But to have that opportunity is something that I don't think I would have had later to prepare for that you know that setting of you know starting to study for the CSP. But I say that to say as a 
a, a young woman who was married to a military man was the primary breadwinner. I was fortunate enough to have my degree before I got married. And I had the drive, the passion, the discipline to continue expanding and wanting to be, you know, top of my field. I'm very competitive. Um, but in the, in the, in the same breath of remaining humble, but also putting in that work for sure. But I did it with a family and a husband. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there's, those are all great points. You know, there, there's a lot of ways to go about this. What is it, Prince said? This, this thing called life, you know? This but, thing uh, calls life. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's, you know, everybody chooses their path and decides their goals and finds a way to get there. So that that's awesome. <clears throat> All right, well, cool. Um, heck, uh, let's see, uh, Dr. Guillory, I think that you are last in line for this one. You know, Corey, these answers are so great. I forgot the, the, the whole context of your question. I believe I got most of it. Ask it one more time so I can give a quick answer due to time. Yeah, yeah, I was asking about if you feel like the certifications have been beneficial to you in you know life and career, and then also if you've if you've kept in touch or done any work with the certifying agencies like um, BCSP or NREP or ISHM or any of that. Okay, well, great, great. Uh, Corey, you know a lot of this stuff already. You can say it for me. Uh, so when before I became a CSP, I was a safety rep in the city of Houston. That's pretty much entry level. Uh, once I got that CSP, it catapulted me to running the show. I was a division manager. Uh, so career-wise, especially in my current uh, at my current uh, job, yeah, it, it catapulted, catapulted me, as well as outside. I, I get a lot of opportunities that I actually turn down because I love where I work so much. Um, it also catapulted me, Corey, uh, to support other safety organizations. ASSP, I, I have several uh, seats there, administrator for public sector, practice specialty, uh, a mentorship program for Blacks and Safety Excellence. Um, I was the vice chair, uh, along with you at ISHM, which is now IHMM, uh, the National Safety Management Society. Uh, I'm a board member with them. Those opportunities opened up with my certifications. That was all before uh, my PhD. So it, it did open up things for me, but it gave me a lot of confidence. All before when I would go to conferences, uh, if I was uh, able to go, um, I kind of stayed to myself because in my mind, I know just as much as the next man, but if he has that CSP and I don't have it, I can't have that conversation. Knowing what I know now, that's not the case because the smartest people in the room, 99% of the time don't have a CSP or anything behind their name. Um, <clears throat> but it just gave me this confidence to uh, pursue board uh, positions or uh, jobs that I would never apply for. Hey, I don't have a shot, why would I apply now? with the CSP and um, the CRM and the other designations, I can apply with confidence knowing that I'm going to get a call back. And if I don't get the job, it's pretty much because A, they know who they want already, or B, I got to work on my interviewing techniques. Um, as for reaching back or going back to the certification agencies, ISHM, of course, uh, I reached out uh, to them to support their, their board at the time. I'm still on the board for IHMM, but in a lower capacity of uh, working with the CSHM exam. 
I was uh, endorsed by ASSP uh, in running for a board position uh, for the Board of Certified City Professionals last year. So hopefully I'll get that endorsement again this year from ASSP and I'll run. But uh, I have done many projects for BSCP, uh, BCSP, I'm sorry. Um, anytime they call, I, I, I do what I can to help. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it's really catapulted me career-wise career uh, to get some respect in, in the profession, but also to know people. Um, if you ask me, hey, I, I need some help industrial hygiene. I'm not an industrial hygienist by any means, but Pete is. I could call Pete, say, hey, Pete, you know, I've got this problem, got this question, let me run something by you. Um, before I got my certifications, I would not have made those calls because that would have been uh, a level of intimidation, if that makes sense. Uh, everything that you all said is, is spot on, um, especially uh, Tahisha, if, if, if I could take her answer and just put it in my voice, it'll answer your question. Uh, Cora, before you go, one thing I got to add uh, for, for Pam, she jumped off. She said, I may have to jump off, uh, but if I do pass this alone, her advice is don't wait and don't be afraid. I had to get that in because I forget. But that's all I have for that question. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, and definitely, definitely agree with Dr. Hunter there. Um, yeah, I think the fear factor is a big thing. So um, that's great. And and in all, all honesty, I mean, we could we could talk for a while about this, and everybody here is 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 brilliant. So we're glad to have you, and everybody's got a open invitation back. So we hope you'll join us later for another podcast, um, or a, a webinar if you're interested in doing that. You have an invitation to do that as well. Um, healthcare practice specialties always interested in everybody's insights and and experiences. But for today's purposes, it's five o'clock central on a Friday, so I don't want to hold everybody up anymore. I know you got lives to get back to. Um, so we thank you for being here um, sincerely, and we're going to get this published here real soon. And otherwise, um, we're going to go from there. But before we wrap it up, anything anybody would like to add today? I, um, yes. <laughs> I think we're all there. You know what? I'll just say three three things in my mind. Networking, not just transactional relationships, not just, hey, what can I get from you? But that true networking, people that I met my very first job out of grad school or even at my internship, my manager from my internship is still a mentor today. I learned so much from the people in my network, but also find your niche what sets you apart from others and focus on your interests. Don't just do what everyone else is doing and you'll, you'll go a long way. And that's helped me in my career stand out as a top candidate on, you know, no matter whose desk my, my resume lands on. I'll, I'll go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Um, I just want to thank everybody on the call with me. I consider myself still a baby in the safety world. And so that was one of my things. Wait till you have a little bit more experience to go um, do your CSP. But y'all y'all pushed me to go ahead and do what I need to do, pass or fail, at least I know. Absolutely. All right. Play that Rocky music and start running. <laughs> <laughs>
So, uh, Shelly, one thing I tell you that CSP is not an option. That's something that you, you just got to get it. Uh, you know, back in the day, you had a master's degree in anything. You were special. Not everyone has one. Uh, same thing is in, in safety. Uh, everybody is getting a CSP, so you got to get it to, to, at the minimum, to be relevant. So get it. Um, my advice that I give everyone when it comes to certifications is don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Um, CSP is great at showing that you are at the top when it comes to safety, but you also need a separate discipline to put you over the top. Looking at Pete's uh, profile, he's a perfect example. He is not only at the top when it comes to safety, but industrial hygiene training. So you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. In my case, I didn't. I'm a safety professional, but I'm also very, very proficient when it comes to environmental policy, uh, management, things of that nature. And I'm also of gaining knowledge in risk management and insurance. When I retire from safety, I want to get into that insurance and risk management world. But one certification or one focus is not good enough anymore. So you get your CSP, Shelly, for example, don't stop there. Start looking at the next certification that's outside of safety, but still in that same realm, if that makes sense. Yes, I already have. I'm really passionate about, um, I worked in a call center doing Blue Cross Blue Shield, so insurance and um, workers comp, that's, that's really where my heart lies. Yeah, so, you know, get you a certification in risk management, then guess what? Shell is not also at the top of her game in safety. She's also at the top of her game in risk management. You have one over on the next person already. So that's my, my, my advice to anyone. Don't put all your eggs in one certification or uh, discipline. Expand, expand it. You know what? I'd like to add one other thing. So in my consulting world, I have CSPSafetyLady.com, right? I have a smart steps template. That's a professional development plan. And it, it asks questions. It's prompting questions of what skill sets do you see your peers having? What skill sets do you want to have? And then how, how do you have a plan? What plan do you have to get them? Who can you, you know, network with? Who can you connect with? But I think it's really important to, to figure out what, you know, those stretch goals are for yourself and create a plan that's going to hold you accountable. A dream becomes a goal when you write it down. So, <laughs> Amen to that. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I might add, too, that uh, as as everyone goes through their, their journey, not the people here, they've already been saying what I'm going to say, uh, remember to, to give back, right? I, I'm on a lot of different committees and boards and different organizations, but probably my favorite one is Workplace Health Without Borders. Um, my, my last assignment with them is uh, October before the pandemic hit. I was in Tanzania training Tanzanian compliance officers, OSHA compliance officers. So, um, yeah, give back. I mean, you don't have to travel around the world to do it. You can give back at home, too, and, and help the folks who are just coming up in the industry. Um, That's a great point. <laughs> it, it, I, I think it's important because... For for those of us who are older, I mean, we didn't have these these groups that supported a particular group starting out in safety. There's there's you know young safety professionals now. There was none of that stuff around. I mean, <laughs> Stephen said it, but 
uh, in my day, if you had an OSHA 10 hour card, you were the safety director. <laughs> so so there, there was no help for people. And, and maybe someone's not in ASSP or AIHA and they don't know there are these groups where you can reach out to people that have just gone through what you know, you're going to go through. Uh, so yeah, re reach out to people and grab them in because hey, if no one helped you before, uh, you know what a difference that would have made to you. So yeah, always look out for those opportunities. And Corey, I have one more thing I got to add, and it, it's a pet peeve of mine. Um, and your story and, and, and our story are very similar without going into detail, Corey. But uh, once you get your certifications or if you're working on your certifications, don't discourage the next person. Um, as CSPs, as safety professionals, just in general, they are certified. We want, we want to empower people to take the test help them pass the test. If you have study materials, give it to those people, help them pass the test. I've met so many people in my career, me personally, and just, you know, looking at things that discourage people from taking the test. Uh, again, I was discouraged from taking it. Um, so I can't pass it. Uh, why take it? You're wasting your time. You're wasting uh, my money. Um, don't discourage people. Empower them. Um, my mindset is if you can talk someone into taking and passing the csp for example you've done you've done your job you, you created that next safety professional and you're growing a network you're growing the profession but when you limit people from moving up because you want to be the only csp the only cih that's that that's not benefiting anyone it's not even benefiting you um, so to grow the profession, to grow your profession, your career, empower people to get to those goals that you either reach that you're trying to reach. Mm -hmm. yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Every, everything everybody said is, is certainly, certainly true. Um, and I can echo that as well. You know, one of the things I, I just wrote a piece about this in the AOHP journal is, did you know, I look at it like there's there's a like a two-sided coin. On one side you have you have the employer, you know, you have the job that you do every day and they they pay you a check every two weeks. And then on the other side of that you have the 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 uh profession. So you have the job and you have the profession. And ideally, you know, we will all work on behalf of both those things. So we have our job that we do, we want to make sure that everybody there is you know, we're creating safe work conditions and safe work practices, and we're, we're we're having a harmonious relationship with management, and everything is good and proper. And then on the other side of that coin, we're also pursuing professional development, and we're helping our peers, and we're building the next generation of safety professionals, and we're, you know, we're we're making things better all around. And that's why we all work on behalf, you know, of whether it's ASSP or National Safety Council or AOHP or you know any number of organizations to 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 share all the resources and knowledge and and get everybody else um you know hype each other up and get everybody um you know happy to have a career in what we all love doing and um so for that reason uh, it makes me sad when i see that people are either scared to or or just not interested in um taking part in the 
the profession. You know, they 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 tell me, well, I, I have my job, I go do my job, and that's all I'm going to do. And sometimes that's because they're, you know, the work life balance is difficult, or or they're, you know, sometimes people get get exhausted, and and that's all legit. I, I can't take anything away from that. I know how that feels. Um, but the one that's sad to me is when the people feel like they can't participate in the profession because their employer doesn't want them to. And that's kind of like what Dr. Guillory was just talking about is when people feel like they're being um, being kind of got a got a muzzle put on them, you know, like an embargo, like don't do any professional development because you work for us, you know, and that's sad. Um, I've had to counter that many times where I just paid for my certifications and stuff out of pocket just because I didn't want to deal with um, being told I, I couldn't do it. And so um, what I've always said is, number one, it's mutually beneficial is if you're working, if you're doing things for the profession, then that's going to help your employer because you're getting best practices, you're getting networking, you're getting communication, you're getting resources. So you're getting things that you can bring into your employer that are going to help and vice versa. You're sharing things that are going to help other people, which helps your employer. Um, and then on the other side of that, of course, it's going to help, um, you know, it's going to help that person's career, like servant leadership type stuff, transformation. Uh, but then on the other side of that, as far as the um, as far as the profession, you know, should there be a time? And I, I hate to put this in a universe because I know it it's not fun to talk about. But we've all probably all been there. You know, you have that point where, you know, you find yourself unemployed for whatever reason. You know, maybe it's a layoff, maybe it's a something changes and you're not happy there anymore. There's a lot of reasons. I, I've been there myself. I know most people have. And so you wake up one day and you go, well, I, this is not what I thought was going to happen. But if you haven't been participating in the profession, you've only been participating in the employer, then you don't, you don't, you don't know those people. You know, you haven't been around ASSP or NSC or AOHP or anything. And so it's kind of like now you've got to kind of start over and you've got to rebuild everything, um, kind of like the house of cards fell down. But if you've been doing that, then just because that employer didn't work out, that doesn't mean your career is done. You know, you're still part of this profession. You're still part of this community. So you can just go keep writing and keep talking, keep networking, do, do some presentations for AOHP or ASSP or whoever you know, and stay in the game and then you'll find another employer and you're going to keep doing it. Um, Cause I've always said, you know, if I, if I hadn't have kind of worked on those professional side of the coin, there would have been a point um, where that house of cards would have fallen and that had been done. You know, there would have been nowhere to go. I would have had to just basically hope and pray that somebody would hire me. But instead, you know, I was able to just kind of go talk to my colleagues and do some presentations, write some articles. And then in time, you know, I, I found a place to go that worked out well, you know, and I'm better off there than I've ever been, which is where I'm at now. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of how it goes. Um, so long story short is I, I fully endorse, you know, participating in the, the profession as much as the employer, you know, and that's beneficial for everybody involved if they, if they are being real about it. Um, but, uh, heck, with that being said, um, I'll tell you what, um, uh, if y'all are up for it, I'll get in touch with everybody offline and we can see if we can, we can get together again and we'll, we'll talk some more because there's plenty to talk about, but, um, I don't want to hold y'all up anymore on a Friday. So we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Um, for everybody listening, if you haven't seen it yet, 
definitely check us out. We have, we actually just did a webinar today. It was really good. Uh, it was about active shooter prevention and response, and that's going to be on replay. So check that out on the ASSP communities. Um, it was Dr. Hunter who was on here with us today, and also Vaughn Baker from Statigio International. Um, and then we got another webinar coming up in August, and that's going to be on 50-year history of the EHS career field with Dave Johnson, who has been the chief editor at ISHN Magazine for many years. He's, he's fantastic. So check that out. Um, they're always free, and they come with a CEU. Um, otherwise, podcast is always up. ASSP, I'm sorry, disregard that. Um, Anchor.fm slash ASSP dash HCPS dash HealthBeat. And we're up to like 35 episodes now. We've got a lot of really awesome people on there doing a lot of really good talking. Um, so we hope you can enjoy that. And otherwise, we'll, um, we'll catch up with everybody real soon. And we thank you for your time. And we thank you for being part of our career field in our community.